1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: Thank you for listening to Spin,
1: the Rally Pod, brought to
0: you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you.
1: Hello and welcome to 2024. Dakar might be already up and running, but this is all about previewing the World Rally Championship. Some new faces on the Dirtfish team. James Bowen, Rally's editor, you know him from last year. Say hello. Hello everyone. Hello Hello, David. David. Hello James. We've got Alistair Lindsay, our new head of content. Hello, Alistair.
0: Bonjour à tous. I figured I'd make it French, seeing as the
1: Monty's coming up. Why not? Topical. Uh, And Elliot Barnard, featuring in front of the camera for the, not the first time, second time? Second, believe it or not, I've been allowed out. Yeah, uh, it's not going to happen very often. (laughs) But boys, we are here. I have to say, I do feel as though I'm surrounded by either doctors or waiters or very, very apt. Let's talk World Rally Championship. Elliot, you're the man. In the know, always the man in the know but you've actually got some questions for us you're the one that's done some homework what are we going to talk about
2: yes given i'm not the expertise and the journalist on the team today i'm going to pitch some questions all things wrc 2024 to the experts the people behind dirtfish.com and i'm going to start very simple boys what are we looking forward to this year Who's going first, Elliot? That'll Come be on. you. I made a bit of icons out there to <laughs> try yeah. and see. I'm not used to this, apologies. <laughs> uh,
3: what am I looking forward to? Well, I think probably the biggest thing is, is just going to be that battle between Hyundai and Toyota. I mean, it's never going to be closer than this year, surely. You know, they're so evenly matched. We've got all the, the dramatic around, uh, dramatics around Toyota's Have Only having really one championship contender with Elf Evans. Hyundai have gone all out. They've got Thierry Neville and Anoit Tanak. They should be both really right in contention for the championship. But then that manufacturer's battle as well with Hyundai going with three rotating drivers in that third car. How's that going to work? Sebastian Auger and Cali Roven-Pere are going to play the team game and try and score manufacturer's points. Are they just going to be in it
1: for themselves? I think it's really going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. David, That's it. I think he's said it all. And, you know, everything that he said is bang on there. It is going to be completely fascinating. And the the different approaches from the two teams, uh, it it is quite radical. And you know, whether Toyota wanted it, which of course they didn't, you know, they would never have wanted Cali Rompera to sit out half of the season. So that's been forced upon them. Um, And it is difficult. It's, you know, Elvin Evans leading a team for the first time. It's a big ask, really big ask of him. I think he's ready for it. I think he's got the experience now um, to, to lead that team. So you then got the question of, of, like you say, how does the team deal with it? How does Augier and Robin Perra fit into that? How much of a wingman can Elvin consider them? But then at the kind of polar opposite end, you've got Hyundai with these two factions within the team that, yes, we're all mates now, but give it a you know, minute and they are going to be battling with each other, inevitably, Tanak and, and, and Neville. It's a, an incredible cocktail within a team. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it, it is, for me, it's difficult with the rotating the rotating third car. In a way, it, it's not because Sordo's got nothing to prove. By his own admission, Lappi's got nothing to prove. So, what you don't have is three young drivers who are fighting like hell, which, you know, there was a position donkeys years ago we had at Skoda where Skoda employed a load of young drivers to, and Mitsubishi as well did the same with the likes of Yanni Parson and, and these kind of people and tried. And that was just, it was a recipe for disaster because every time a young driver got in the car, they knew they'd got one event, so they'd go like hell and crash within the first day or something. So it's not that scenario. I think if there's one guy that is gonna have the point to prove, it's Mickelson, who he wants to show that he's still got, you know, he said it to us in in an interview at the end of last year. He feels he's still got a championship in him. Um, He's won WRC2 twice in the last three years. He feels he can get back into a, a, a Rally 1 car full-time uh, and win a title. So he is the guy that is going to be pushing a bit harder and trying to demonstrate that he wants to he, he wants to, to be back in a full-time seat. The other issue with Andreas, as well, is that by his own admission, the team's kind of put him in the wrong rallies because they've put him in, he's Monty, he's on tarmac, and when we said, you know, what do you fancy? It was actually rough gravel. And historically, he goes well in places like Sardinia and... Um, and Safari will be another good one for him. And he always struggled in the Hyundai on, on Tarmac last time he was there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, as well as all of that, to have M Sport with two young drivers, um, particularly Formo, coming back, that's going to be fascinating. Adrian is a different driver to the one that we saw two years ago um, and, and was off the road almost as much as he was on it. He's learned, he's now British champion, he's won rallies. Uh, and he's been, you know, he's been under the wing of Malcolm Wilson, which we've seen historically with Elvin and all of these people. When Malcolm takes you to one side and, and drops you back, takes the pressure away, gives you, helps you to win some rallies, then it, it, it's a different scenario to come to come out of. Um, so yeah. I think we've just about covered. <laughs> yeah, we've got yeah. some new
3: rallies this year, haven't we? So that's also something to right. look forward to. You too. read my yeah. mind, there,
2: James. New rallies. What are those new rallies, and, and what's returning? What's debuting?
3: So Rally Poland's back. I think for the first time since twenty seventeen, and we've got a brand new rally in Latvia. but Of course, it's not. A, it's a brand new WRC round, but we do know a little bit about that event. It's been running as an ERC round before. It's very similar to what we've seen in Estonia, which of course mm. takes a step back to ERC this year. So. We sort of know what to expect, but it's still a new country, uh, new stages for most of the WRC drivers. Although, Mr. Robin Parrott, if he chooses to show
0: up, he in should Latvia, have done it. Yeah, he did it quite a few times. I'm pretty sure he won it as a national round way back in the day. Um, as a winter, was that
1: was the winter rally. I don't know he if he did it. Leirpai was it was originally a winter round, became a yeah. summer round. And but of course,
0: fast. you know more than that, he 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 spent um, countless. Uh, thousands of kilometers when he was a junior because of course the yes. license restrictions meant that he went to Latvia before he went anywhere else in the world to do his rallying so it's yes he knows the roads on that specific round but just overall the characteristics of the roads in, in Latvia he has so much
1: experience same with Oliver Solberg he did mm. Baltics mm. Baltics Latvia Estonia it, it is you know I think having said all of that because they're moving, the event's moving around a little bit more, isn't it? So there are some new stages coming in, but they're not going to be radically different. You know, I'm sure the nature of those roads are very fast kind of gravel rallies, uh, gravel roads. So it's not going to be massively different. But Poland, to see Poland back is, is, is it really exciting. One of the quickest places in the world and ultra spectacular. Inevitably, there's always a lot of spectators there. Uh, and it's the control of those spectators that there will be a lot of attention on. The FIA's systems of, of looking after and, and looking out for spectators has changed radically since we were there in 17. Um, you know, there's so much more, not emphasis, there's always been a huge emphasis on safety, but just the infrastructure and protocols that the FAA has now is different. So it, it's gonna be a big ask of them. I would imagine it's gonna be, certainly within Europe, one of the the biggest and most supported events of the season so it's difficult Um, and it's you know ultimately it's a huge challenge because those roads tend to rut quite badly Um, and when you're absolutely nailed in in top gear you know the cars moving around in the ruts it's difficult and you've got to have massive amount of confidence in the car at super high speed uh, to win in a place like Poland so it's great we have that real sort of festival of speed in the summer with Poland, Latvia, Finland Um, so it's, it's going to be mega. Uh, if, I, if there's one thing I would say about the calendar, it's the fact that we need more outside of Europe. We're very Eurocentric, 10 out of 13 are in, in Europe this year. Uh, <clears throat> it's a long, long way from, if you go back probably now a decade, when Jean Todd first was talking with the promoter about the fact that we needed 16 rounds and it needed to be 50 50. You know, half of the rounds in Europe, half of the rounds in the rest of the world. we feels like we're a very long way away from there. Um, but the WRC promoter is working really hard to get us back there. You know, We are talking places like the US, United States, um, and of course, Australia and New Zealand coming back. And there's, there's lots of opportunities, but we do, need, we do need to become a world championship again.
2: Correct. Now, Alistair, I haven't forgotten about you, mate. What things are you looking forward to in 2024? Oh, big
0: question. I mean, I'm looking through uh, one of the, the juniors, the, the uh, Rally Star crop are finally coming through now to the junior WRC championship. They're finally on the world stage after a year and a half or so of preparation. And yeah. that, that's a huge project. They put so much investment into it. They literally looked through the entire world. You know, before you even had the world finals, you had uh, regional um, Final set up by ASNs, and you know that's that's a year and a half f- beyond that. You could have qualified,
1: sitting on your sofa. Yeah, like you could, you could. And in fact,
0: that's very much good. what uh, the guy who from Europe, who won Romet Jorgensen from yeah. Estonia, did. You know, he was yes, he did. He did a bit of uh, folk rally, as they call it in Estonia, in the past. But he'd never kind of done proper stage rallying to any real degree. He'd spent most of his time playing the WRC game. And in fact, I remember a year and a bit ago talking to him about how he managed to qualify, sat down in front of his video game console, got Microsoft Office out, started typing in uh, split times on his own because the game didn't support it at that time. You just had what to happened? sort of pick, you know, is there a tree here? Is there a hay bale there? Yeah. Right, I'm going to manually go through my replays, time how long it took me to do that section, and then do it a hundred times wow.
3: That's commitment. to figure that out what the fastest
0: line. And then you just do that ad infinitum. And eventually that worked. It qualified them to go to... Uh, Estering in Germany, yeah. where uh, I think the judges were Thierry Neuville, Pernilla Solberg, you know people with loads of WRC experience. And I remember one of the things that Rommet mentioned to me is that because of the the design of the circuit, you could go up onto the top of the circuit tower and see the whole circuit. Mm. So they were really carefully inspecting driving styles and and yeah. so on, and they were able to say yes, you know Romet didn't have the most experience of the people there, but clearly he impressed them in terms of driving style. Mm. And it's he's he's delivered so far. Oh, you he know, has. He's, he's yeah. been... The, the man to win more Rally Star events than anyone else, as far as I, I recall. He
1: does look impressive. Mm-hmm. And I met him at the, the FIA, the gala evening in Baku at the end of last year. And his ability to talk very quickly mm-hmm. and just to, you know, I'd never met him really before. And immediately he felt very comfortable, mm-hmm. at ease. You know, he seems like the, the complete package already. So I think you're right. You know, there is, we've missed that progression of young drivers coming through and to have Rallystar there now right on the cusp of, of sort of delivering and showing us really what they are capable of it's really exciting. Uh, the one guy that, that has come through from juniors is of course Takamoto Katsuta and we shouldn't forget you know as much as the FIA Rallystar um, series is impressive you know Toyota's challenge program, Rally challenge program of bringing Japanese talent through It's now in its third generation. Obviously we've had Takamoto Katsuta coming through with the challenge program And now we've got Goto and Matsushita, the third generation. Massive investment coming from Toyota into these young talents, and and it's really exciting to see because there, you know, this is what we need in five or ten years. These are going to be our world champions.
2: Yes, indeed, David. Now, to be a selfish host for a second, what am I looking forward to? Strangely, as yes, I know. (laughs) What a what a a turn of events. What am I looking forward to? Very quickly, because it's a segue into our next section you see. So yeah. I'm He's working. About this, I'm working he? on. I've got Colin Clark in my head. What would he be telling me, mentoring cool. me to do? Yeah, it's dangerous having Colin in yeah, very, very dangerous. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm looking forward strangely to Calais Rompera being in the championship in twenty twenty four and the Calais Rompera that we're gonna see. Now, he is box office for rallying. His stage end comments, mm-hmm. Mario Kart, you know, traction has left the chat. Yeah. This has been a Calais under big pressure, in his own words. So Calais rocking up at WRC rounds now with a healthy row position, going full send, nothing to lose. That's going to be, I think, an even more relaxed Calais.
1: I'd not really thought of that. And you're absolutely right, because we have seen in 2022, we had Calais really wrestling with himself to get that championship that he really wanted, the first one. And then because of a really difficult start to to 2023, to last year, he was then almost fighting, not really fighting back, but he was under pressure through that middle section of the season, then crashed in Finland where everybody thought he was going to win. And now you're right. You know, there is no championship pressure. I think he will be minded to look out for Elvin a little bit. And I'm not saying that, you know, Sebastian Auger won't. He, I'm sure he will. But Auger is in a place in his career now that he wants wins. He just, you know, he yes, he, he's there to have fun and and enjoy himself, but he's still got that super competitive spirit. And he's, he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be in the championship. Is it? It's probably not going to be another five years.
3: No. Well, but We know for sure Cali Pereira's back full-time in 25, and he's got yeah. to come, fit back into that team dynamic.
1: He, he has. And he
3: has to work alongside Elvin Evans. You know,
1: and he's got so much forward, more opportunity to win rallies, hasn't he? You know, in 10 years, he can still come back, whereas Seb will be 50 then. Uh, and is it unlikely? So I think you're right. I think a, an absolute pressure-free Cali Pereira you know, the the world can watch out. There is, there's still some discussion rumbling around, around what the running order will be for the first day on gravel rallies on, and we'll find out, you know, we don't know anything so far. And and, you know, one of the interesting things that we, sorry to steal your thunder here and move the agenda on a little bit, but one of the interesting points for this year is of course the points system.
2: How could we forget?
1: Which has caused, you know, a significant amount of discussion and comment one of the aspects, talking to people within both the promoter, the teams, and the FAA, is look. You know, if it doesn't work, we can change it.
2: In you know, season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we yeah. can because. I'm the, glad to hear that
3: because it's all. It's a great trying new things, and we absolutely, absolutely as a sport should be trying new things. But the flexibility to then yeah. realise that okay, it's not quite working. Yeah, we move on. I is important, I think.
1: I guess I mean it is difficult, but there is precedent with F1 qualifying. Yeah this kind of thing has changed mid-season, yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah. it? It, so it took them a
0: few false starts to figure out that the Q1, Q2, Q3 system was actually going to, to do the business, but now they've found that yeah. format after a bit of trial and error, and it's, it's the best qualifying format, in my opinion, yeah. they've ever had, but it took a bit of time and a bit of experimenting, so we just kind of let, need to let them get on with it a bit, see how it goes, and we'll, we'll evaluate.
1: This, and this is the kind of the point, is that you, know, the, you do feel a little bit for the FAA because they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. They were told, we need change, they had input from the teams so they implemented a change from what I understand that the teams really kind of wanted or certainly some teams wanted and now that's wrong. So, you know, they, but they do have the chance and they are open to change. They will listen but, you know, let's not condemn this thing before it's it's been given at least two or three rounds to see what happens. But personally, I think it's mad um, <laughs> but, you know, and let's be open-minded about it and... Let's see how it goes.
0: If you think about the narrative of an entire season, when are you actually really concerned about the gaps in the championship? As long as you, A, look at the points after the rally's done and someone's done the calculation, you see, oh, that's a close gap, I'll pay attention to that for the next rally. But in terms of actually tracking the, the likely outcome of the championship, you only really start focusing on, right, how many points does this guy need to score to achieve this? It's the last two, three rounds of the season, unless there's a runaway leader who's going to wrap the championship up early, in which case... Who's who's really that bothered about that? Not really, really. it's yeah. it, it, it's not as big a concern as I think some people make it out to be. That aspect of it, worrying about can people follow it along?
1: No, I think I I disagree. I think there is it it is complicated because you know commentators are now going to be talking about well they could end up with potentially twelve points and and it you know it just it almost puts another barrier up to the the average viewer, not the hardcore viewer. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean. Uh, We really don't know exactly how how that storyline is going to play out. But let's remember the the, the driver's jobs is to score maximum points in every rally. So the drivers will figure out what the best way to do that is. And they'll all all drive accordingly as they do now Mm. because they save the tyres for the power stage on Sunday because that's where they're going to get those five points. So my point about uh, needing to have the flexibility to change is if it, it could be exciting for a few rallies and then all the drivers figure out, okay... I need to drive like this on a Saturday to save yeah. some tyres for Sunday so I can store maximum points on a Sunday and then the whole thing levels out again, then it really hasn't p- probably achieved the goal that the FAA wanted it to. So it'd be interesting to see if
1: there is a sort of a natural strategy will, the drivers take. There will be. You know, Yarry Matty, Latvilla quite rightly pointed out that if you're a driver and you have a problem on a Friday that knocks you out, of the uh, drops you to 15th, 16th, you're gonna drive so slowly through Saturday to conserve your tires, to make sure that you've got at least one or two sets mm. of perfect tires and you've got the perfect options available to you uh, through Sunday. So potentially we're just migrating that issue from yeah. Sunday to Saturday. Um, but having said that, let's just let it play out and see how it goes. I think we just do exactly that. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Now do let us know what you think uh, in the comments below and on the social media.
1: All rallying,
2: one source. By now, you know that Dirtfish.com is the place to go for all of your rallying news. But when it's time to try your hand behind the wheel, just join us here at Dirtfish Rally School, nestled in the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington. Whether you're a pro seeking extra seat time or a novice looking to get started, we've got programs tailored to all rallying needs. And when you wanna watch the best in the world, just head over to our YouTube channel. Our coverage of the WRC and American rallying is second to none. Follow us at Dirtfish Rally across all social media platforms and shop the latest looks in our merchandise store now. As always, rally on. So we've done Calais, let's talk about Toyota first and Elvin Evans. Elvin Evans this season, Alistair, what's he gotta do? Is it simple? Uh, in, the, in the sense that, you know, he,
0: he knows he's got a good car underneath him. He knows the car now. You know, he, he's talked a lot over the past couple of years about trying to settle in, get comfortable with it. But you mentioned, I think, towards the end of last season, more and more, he's starting to feel a bit more yeah. at one with the car. And that's really been the main obstacle, I think. You know, you look back to when he was fighting OGer for the title. He was always very close. So we know that, you know, he potentially has that title in him. You know, I think he's proven that over, over the past few years, that he just needs circumstances to be aligned. It just requires a level of comfort with the car. And, and it's his team now, in a sense. You know, there's no longer another potential number one driver vying for attention, for, um, you know, test time, whatever it may be. So, yeah, he, he has the ingredients now to go off and, and get that title. And, and it's just down to, is, is he faster than Neuville and Tanek on the day?
1: I would say... He's definitely, this is his best chance, without a shadow of a doubt. And I think he is. I think he, you know, you don't win Finland. Unless you've got massive talent and massive speed. Uh, And he's got both. And we've talked about it so much since the move from M-Sport, blah, blah, blah. You know, the maturity has grown every single season. And he goes into this year with a good contract. He knows exactly where he is. He's very comfortable with everything. The only downside was was that small whoopsie on the bike just before Christmas, but, you know, he will have recovered. There's been plenty of physio and plenty of work done on, on his ribs and everything, you know, he'll be in a very good place, I'm sure. Not Probably not the perfect place, because he did, you know, he missed a day of testing just before Christmas in Finland, uh, so he's a day down on people around him in the team, but it doesn't matter, you know, ultimately, Alvin knows Monty, he's gone well in Monty before, um, and you were right, you know, that feeling of comfort in the car when he got into the, into the car with M Sport in, whenever it was, 18 or 19, and immediately felt comfortable. You know, there's nothing a driver wants more than that feeling of putting the car on the limit and actually just sitting there, totally relaxed. You know, it's not a stress because the car feels everything you're doing as a driver. Uh, and when you're trying to force it, the car doesn't work properly. It doesn't work as it's supposed to. And for the last two years, for, certainly from the start of 22, to maybe a third of the way through 23. He was trying to force it, and it was difficult because then you know, you're you in that position where the team were trying to essentially bring the car to him, and he was trying to take his driving style to the car, and that's never a good place to be when you're instinct- trying to change what you're instinctively doing in the car. It's really tough, um, but I think that he's there now, and he's, yeah, he's, as much as Elvin can beat Um, Thierry and Oit, I think Oit and Thierry can beat each other, you know, and that can be... And Elvin just has to stay smart in those occasions because there will be times when he's just going to have to settle down and think, right, okay, those boys are gone, third will do me here, and, you know, one of the... Sorry, mate. He's
3: a level-headed driver, isn't he? Yes, that's that's definitely something Elvin is is capable of doing is just just shutting out the outside noise, focusing on exactly what he needs to do, what's the maximum he can get out of this rally. And, and driving accordingly, and that's you know that's how you, you score points over the, the the course of the season. You look at last year, you know some some superb drives. You take Kalerov and out of the championship. Elvin Evans done uh, did everything he needed to do yeah. to win, and I think you know we we look at twenty two as a year where Elvin kind of dropped off a little bit because he was switching to the uh, to the Rally One car, which didn't quite suit him. And Elvin never had that third year in the. WRC Yaris because it was and now he's got a third year in in the rally one car where we've seen an upward progression and and maybe that's you know in that third year in the same car with all the constants you know the team's the same that's such a closely knit team the team spirit's so high he's very comfortable there the rallies okay we've got a couple new ones but mostly are the same there's so many constants there that you know definitely you know it, it it's going to be his best ever chance to win a championship so far.
1: And the new ones, Poland and, and Latvia, as we've already said, fast rallies, fast gravel, you know, that's meat and drink, isn't it? Yeah. Well yeah.
0: One thing I'm really curious about is going to be his approach to the season, because I recall at the beginning of the, the Rally 1 era, and in those first couple of events, Monte Carlo, Sweden, when he, when he went off the road, he, he mentioned in an interview that he'd changed mentality a bit going into that season, that, you know, he'd lost out twice to Ogier, and he you know, just left that half a percent, one percent on the table thinking, I've got a championship to think about here. I want to make sure I am getting points on the board as much as possible. So he turned around in 2022 and said, right, that didn't get me the title. I'm going to go um, flat out. I'm going to push that extra little bit and get the results. And the first two runs he changed approach, he was off. So I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to go back to that sort of mentality of, I got really close with OGA when I was being just that little tiny bit more conservative. And Seb's not here anymore. So maybe does he go back to that way of No, I think he's learned.
1: I think he's he's learned, he's accepted it, and I think he's in a place now that he can take his level of driving to that place to bring that many points or risk a bit more. And and you know for sure, Monty is it's a great place to start the season because you absolutely roll the dice, don't you? You know, with the conditions and it does look as like though there's some snow coming for this year, which is great news for us, but it makes it difficult. Um, and it, it will be really interesting to see what the approach is on Monty, but Monty's so specific that you can't take a, a broader view across the season because, really, it wouldn't surprise me to see Ogier a minute ahead on, on day one in, or certainly by Friday night. If you do get changeable conditions and he's willing to take a gamble and take a risk, he, he has that knowledge of the roads, of the rally, of the weather, of the conditions, of everything, um, and he's got nothing to lose.
2: Moving on James takamoto Katsuta is it more of the same for him in, in 2024 is where is his pressure coming from you know his seat is very much safe well he's, he's now fully graduated from that
3: the, the toyota um, WSC challenge program so he is a full-time factory driver so I don't think it's more of the same I think it's a little bit more I think he's got to challenge for a few podiums this season and he's got to be showing that he's equally as competitive as the third driver in in the Hyundai car, you know, no matter who that is. I think Katsuki has got to show that he's, he's can match them for pace. And then on, on merit, on the rallies that suit him better, especially rally Japan, which I'm sure he can't wait to get back to, you know, he's got, he's got to be legitimately challenging for podiums for me. Yeah.
1: Totally, and I would say step it up. He's got to be challenging for wins. You know, he could have won. You Japan. said it. You said
2: last year that you expected him to win in 2023, and yes, I meant he came. 2024. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can go back and edit that video. I'm sure we can. Yeah, and Alistair. Yeah, I mean the the word
0: challenging has been mentioned a lot. I think you know he must be scoring multiple podiums during the year. You know, I'm not necessarily sure he needs to be. You know, I, I think the measurement. Of whether his season has gone well or not, it's not necessarily how many times he's challenged for a first win. It's you're the effectively the second driver in the team. You have to bring multiple podiums home mm. to secure points for the manufacturers' championship. That is his primary job. This year, you know, Yari said I don't expect him to to be a challenge in, in the title, and that's fine. That shouldn't be his goal. But he's got to
2: rack up multiple podiums on pace and the merit alone. Yeah. Moving on very quickly before we get to Hyundai Seb Ogier. Uh, David, this one's for you. More of this, you know, is he playing a team game this year? Are we yeah, going to get him turning up and wanting to win? Yes, because always. Or a that's bit of a, both?
1: No, that's the only odd you'll ever get because he knows if he wins, it helps the team anyway. So, mm. yeah, more of the same from Seb.
2: More of the same. That's good to hear. Now, the elephant in the room is the Hyundai. Brewing storm, potentially. Well, it's not brewing at the moment, but...
1: Yeah, it is. It started brewing at the end of last year, didn't
2: it? Has <laughs> it? It's brewing already, James. Well, I mean, it, it, it's going to be very interesting
3: dynamic you know cyril Bitterbull, he's not afraid to call out his drivers he's not afraid to make bold decisions we've seen that in the WRC and in formula one um Oit-Tanek's come back to the team uh there's only one thing oyt wants and that's a second world title and he's gonna stop at nothing to get it but that's Thierry Neville's team it's, he's heading into his 11th season at hyundai he, he's he's so well you know so well just set within that team, uh, and he's very good at playing the political game.
1: He is. It, it, it's just. It is going to be great. It, it really is for, for everybody around the world watching. It's going to be fascinating. and I'm sure you know we'll see plenty of pictures of Oit and Thierry smiling, laughing together, and, and, and everything. But oh, to be a fly on the wall in in the debrief room after events because it is it is a difficult kind of relationship and. Ultimately, as well, there will be people at Hyundai that haven't forgotten the way that Oik Tanek left. Yes, the management structure is very different with the Beatable and, and FX, Francois Xavier de Maison there now. <clears throat> but there are, there are people that have been there and they felt the hurt when yeah, essentially Tanek left. Well, he didn't essentially, he did. He left a year early on his contract. Uh, now,
2: I, I, sorry, can I interrupt? As a fan, what do we want to see? Put your fan hat on for a second. A you want to see a massive fight. It? You want to see a big fight? <laughs> you want to see Cross
1: versus Senna. <laughs> Don't you? Of course yeah. you do. Do you? You want to see McRae versus Or oh, do you want them to work together Sites? well and, and right. end this no. Toyota
2: dominance? You know, it, as a fan, I'm no, sure we'll get no, some reaction. No, you just,
1: you want to see fireworks, and fireworks will come from massive inter-team, in, intra-team, whatever Intra-team. Intra-team Intra yeah. rivalry. And, and, you know, that, that, you look back to 95, that classic fight with Carlos and Colin. It was incredible. Yeah. And, you know, it just raises everything up a level. And yeah. so...
2: <laughs> Same for you, Alistair?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, the example I was thinking of was uh, 2000 when uh, Delacour and Panizzi were both at Peugeot and there was that scandal about was uh, Gilles using notes from illegal recce. And they had this massive open fight, well, not necessarily advocating for it, but that sticks in the memory. Yeah. They had this open yeah. falling out, that's what the fans remember. Yeah. People still mention it to this day. Yeah. And it's passion, it's, it's... You can't really, you know, I, I give them a certain amount of a free pass for that, because what else are you going to do? They, they're not... They're not uh they're not, Kali, they're not Seb, they've not got multiple world titles under the belt. Tiara's not even got one. It's going to be understandable if they're sort of nipping at each other's heels.
1: It, but what's really also really interesting is the fact that there is so much at stake for Hyundai as well. They need that first ever drivers' title. It's remarkable to think how long they've been in a championship and at such a high level, and they've won manufacturers' championships. Thank you know, two two titles there, but they still haven't won a drivers' title, and they need that drivers' championship. They really do. Korea is is clamoring for it, and. They've got these two entities. Who both of them, I do believe, can win a championship. Um, but they both want it so much, and they're both sort of shooting for the for the same place. It is. It's going to be incredible. Yeah,
2: I'm sure it will. We're all going to be watching that one closely. Let us know what you want to see as well in the in the comments below.
0: I'm Kellen Cochelle and I just did my first dirt fish course which was the one day women's course my biggest surprise was how calm it could be in the car and the calmer I was the faster I could make the car go the surprising thing about driving was that it wasn't necessarily a mental thing I had to really get out of my head and into my body more and I just felt a little more comfortable doing that for the first time around a group of women but I will say I do feel like I could do any of the dirt fish courses now I kind of know what to expect and You know, hopefully more women get into motorsports, and then any day could be an all-women's day if just enough of us are in the sport. If I were talking to someone who was thinking about taking a class, was kind of on the fence, it would be, you know, what are you waiting for? It's such a fun experience. Um, You're going to really learn something and you're going to push your limits and maybe you'll even have some more confidence.
2: James, we touched on Mickelson a bit earlier. And actually, before we get to Mickelson, Lappi, Sordo. Sordo be
3: Sordo. I don't think there's too much to say there. Which is always a
1: good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly, that's
3: what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Solid points. Lappi, it'd be great to see him come back from where he was at the end of last season because he was a, looked like a broken man at times. But, yeah. but we think four or five rallies for Lappi, ones that suit him, should be a lot better for, for him and he's got plenty of time to prepare for it. Less pressure should be good for him.
1: Yeah. It, it is a sort of difficult position, isn't it, to be in that essentially he's wanted to take that step back and, and it's laudable, you know, as a, as a parent and a family man, I can totally understand the rigours of, of being on the road. You know, it is difficult. And, but then you kind of counter that with the fact that he's in the most privileged position a rally driver can ever be. And if you begin to question your own desire to be there every single day, every minute, of, you know, if you put that to a, a Solberg... For example, you know, the Solberg family lives to open the car door and get back in the car. And to them, a part season, it just, it doesn't make sense uh, at all. And it, it is a different mindset and, and there are people who question EP's kind of drive and his desire to get back to the top of the sport. And, but I think in many ways, he can be a real asset to the team because he's now, he's going to achieve what he wants. He's going to have his family time and potentially he'll come back as a more rounded driver as a more rounded and and sanguine person if you like that he can just do his job and i think at the back end of last year he was contorted a little bit because he wanted to win he wanted to show that you know he'd come really close in in so many rallies earlier in the year but also he wanted to make that decision to step away a little bit and so Ultimately he is one of the nicest people in the championship. He's a lovely guy and you know we all want to see EP happy and doing well in his job. So, you know, fingers crossed it's just another fascinating aspect of this, this season ahead.
2: Yeah. Alistair Mickelson this year, what's his goals? What is his goals gonna be for himself? What's he expected to do? Is it multiple podiums? Is it no, it's for me. It's um, when, if for any
0: reason Tanak he doesn't get asked to move over for for and, and Neuville. Uh, which may of course maybe more difficult to do for him because he's stuck on the tarmac rallies where road order, for example, is less of a factor. You know, if he was on some gravel rallies, he might be able to shoot into the lead on Friday, have a Toyota behind him, and then you can't implement team orders. But with tarmac, it's a bit of a catch twenty two situation because he needs that win to show the world, I'm back and I can contend for world titles. So I guess podiums, I would say every single time he's in the car, podium, podium has to be Monty. the target. Yeah, I mean, that would be a statement. That would change the narrative, and, I think. And
1: in fairness, you know, your approach to Monty, he could, I was going to say, he could do that quite easily. Of course he couldn't do that quite easily. It's never easy to get a, ponty, a podium in Monty. But there is that aspect of gambling and risk and reward and everything. So if, you, if you're a bit canny, you can. It's possible. In terms of sheer pace, I would be astonished to see Mickelson on the podium in Monty. And I think it's unrealistic, um, given, And you know, another aspect of this is that he will have got probably one, maybe two days running in the car. You know, certainly only one day of running on tarmac or or in Monty conditions. So, yeah, I think it's going to be tricky for him. Yeah,
2: it's great to have Andreas back and uh, we wish him all the best. Talking of drivers coming back, M-Sport was two new, I say new faces, new full-time faces, not in terms of Formo, who's obviously done time before, but it's a new kind of approach, I guess, for M-Sport is what I'm trying to get at. Okay, not a new approach, it's kind of maybe back a couple of years. Every time, yeah. I think the goals are very different for Formo and for Munster. I think, you know, Formo,
3: 12 months ago, did he think he'd be getting, I'm sure he believed he would be back in a Rally 1 car, because all drivers have a ridiculous amount of self-belief, but it was quite a path to get there. And he's done everything he's been asked by M Sport. He's helped them develop the Rally 2 car. He's gone to national rallies and won. He's come back to WRC rounds and been the fastest guy in a Rally 2 car on on multiple occasions. So yeah, he's earned that spot. But again, I I don't think it's enough for him to come come in and finish seventh. If, if, you know, M Sport maybe seventh and eighth, naturally where they, you know, maybe will fall in the Rally 1 field. I don't think it's good enough for Formo to be Behind all the home and Toyotas, he's got to be challenging, uh, especially the drivers in those third cars. Um, and you know, I I am confident that he will do that. I think he's got the talent. I think he's such. Uh, he's matured a lot in the last twelve months, and I think, I think he can do that despite the fact that Japan wasn't exactly the ideal return to, to Rally One um, when unfortunately he went off the road. For Munster, it's probably a bit early in his development on a natural. <coughs> progression but hey he's got the opportunity so good for him and you know we'll look forward to see, seeing how it gets on but in terms of expectation I think just just to learn and 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 to keep it on the road.
1: And, um, for me I think you know Munster really surprised me when he when he took that step I remember we we saw him in Japan in 2022 and kind of, he wasn't nowhere but he wasn't one of the standout WRC2 drivers that you look to immediately as a proper mm. championship threat and the step up for him has been really good. You know, for a lot of drivers they've struggled with that step to rally one. He hasn't. And you know, okay, he wasn't he wasn't setting the world alight in Chile or and wherever else in CER. Tough rallies though. Tough yeah. rallies. And he delivered, you know, he did a he did a solid job um for them and his progression. And I think we'll see more progression from him through the season. He just needs to karma, calm calm karma, you know, just do what he's got to do in the car. Formo, it's different. It's crucial for Adrian that he goes to Monty relaxed. You know, just get to the end of that event. No heroics, you know. I mean, we're not going to
2: see Friday morning from 2022, No, 2020, you know, you have got to leave the family
1: forward. at home. You've got to focus on, and I'm not saying he wasn't two years ago. Of course he was, but just it's a different target in, in the first two or three rallies. You know, he's lucky. He's not lucky. He's, it's good. He's got Safari as a third round. He adores Kenya. Absolutely loves the place and feels very at home there. It'll be great for him to get back there. Um, and just settle in but then quite quickly we then need to see some fastest times and we need to see them pushing podium is, is a big ask when you when you've got the top three but how often are we going to see the top three finishing every rally probably they're all they you know the fight is going to be so intense that it is going to take a toll on those three drivers so we are going to see them dropping out um and that's going to open up a podium spot and and Certainly mid-season forwards, Adrian has to be knocking on the door for, for that third place. I Nothing anything to add?
0: Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, I've actually already had the pleasure of speaking to Gregoire in the lead-up to this season, and he's kind of said some of the things that David's already hinted at. I mean, number one uh, is, is finish the rally. Absolute number one. You know, they've, they've had issues with that in the past with their young driver strategy. Uh, they have, he has to get the, the thing to the finish line and then be selective about where you push and try to make an impression. Maybe it's a gravel rally you have experience on and you have good road position and you can push a bit on a Friday morning and then have some of those days like Pierre-Louis Loubet had when things were going well for him. Uh, I think it was, uh, was it Kenya or was it Acropolis where he had that really strong start? I think it was Acropolis and he was fighting for the lead and it just took us all by surprise. We're like, wow, where's, where's this pace come from? And Rich Milner said the same thing. We didn't expect him to do that. It's just picking and choosing those events where he feels comfortable, he feels he's got a chance to do his Something and maybe he's got a little bit of um, the circumstances a little bit on his side, and that's when he can say, "Right, I've done. I've got plenty of finishes under my belt. This is the time I pick to try and make an impression." And that's it gives basically you the massive plan. confidence as yeah. a driver
1: when you get those stage times and you see those results coming to you. You, you feed off that. Um, so yeah, it's and it's it is it's always exciting to go back to seeing young drivers coming through. It's great. M Sport's done this time and again. Before, you know, obviously there are commercial realities for M Sport. the reason that they're in this position. Everybody understands that. But fundamentally, the most important thing is that we've got those two Puma-Rally One hybrids out there. That's, That's so important. So, yeah, it's great.
2: Indeed, it's going to be an incredible season of WRC. David? Final thoughts. I'm handing back to you now. I'm retiring
1: as host. It was fun (laughs) while it lasted. Brilliant host. I don't know why you're not sitting here and and (laughs) you've got a new job, an extra job. That was another edition of Spin the Rally Pod. Thanks for listening. Next week we're kind of back to normal. We've got Colin Clark back with us after two weeks in the desert in Saudi. He will tell us everything he discovered on Dakar, but mainly the the focus for next week is to look forward to continue to look forward to what is going to be an absolute thriller of a season of World Rally Championship.